Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child through the method of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Mackie Lozano. This is our 100th episode. We want to thank everybody for being a part of this project. We want to thank CGS USA for taking on this project and um, gifting it to the world. But we also want to thank all of you, our listeners, for participating in this with us and journeying with us for the last three and a half years. We are really excited to have reached 100 episodes. So today we have Marty O'Brien, who is returning to the podcast to talk about prayer as a response in children, especially in their artwork. Marty wrote an article in the 2017 journal called Inspiring Art Expression. And so if you would like to read Marty's article, check out our show notes and you can be able to read it directly from there. I hope you enjoy. Marty, welcome back to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. Thank you. (laughs) In case anyone who's listening hasn't heard the few episodes that you've been with me, that you have graced us with your presence, please tell us a little bit about who is Marty O'Brien. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been a catechist since 1985 and a formation leader since the early 90s, I guess, 91. And I, um, I have had some experience working with the children in the toddler atrium after one of the lovely seminal uh, formations that were given by Elizabeth Calancini. And I am currently working in a parish, helping out, helping out in a parish in the Phoenix area in levels one, two, and three. Mm. And you're also a formation leader for all those levels as well. I guess. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I have been blessed to be in a level two with you. That you're just amazing. Such a gift. And you were trained, you and your husband, y'all were both trained by Sophia. Is that correct? In level level two. Our level one formation leader was Maria Crislieb from yes. Mexico City. And Sophia was next door uh, leading, you know, giving a level two. So Maria invited Sophia in a few times to just give a presentation. So we had little bits of her for level one, but yes, she was our level two formation leader. And are you part of the group when you were formed that you like y'all went for, did you go for like a whole summer? Like how long was your formation? <laughs> Those are the days when it was uh, three weeks. Uh, she, there had been two summers before that, 82 and 83. And they were five, I think five week long experiences in Washington, D.C. hosted by Christian Family Montessori School. But for the the courses that occurred in 84 and 85 in St. Paul, Minnesota. They were three weeks long. <laughs> and I guess so was the level three back in Washington, D.C. So you did all of level one in three weeks. Is that no. what you're saying? <laughs> Actually, no. Um, the plan had been to, we received, I, would, I guess you could say three quarters or maybe two, only two thirds. The plan was the second summer of 85 to finish 
level one and to begin level two. But as Rebecca would say, you lose some tra something in translation going across mm -hmm. the Atlantic Ocean. So um, when Sophia arrived in 85 for the level two, she was fully prepared to give a level two formation. And so what happened was during the three-hour lunch break, when Sophia would take her siesta, um, <laughs> we would be with Carol Dittberner and wonderful Kathy Maresca, Catherine, and they were filling us in with all the rest of level one. <laughs> and then Sophia would show up at 3 p.m., all refreshed. <laughs> off we'd go with the rest. So it was a it was the first time I had ever heard the term spiritual indigestion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds overload. And you did that mm -hmm. for three solid weeks. So yeah, that would be overwhelming. And y'all made materials at the same time too, didn't you? Yes, but the ones who were amazingly at work every night for us were Carol Dittberner and Catherine Maresca. Mm. Uh, it was amazing what they did. Mm. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And I love that your husband did it with you. I think that's wonderful. Oh, yes. Well, there were actually three of us who came from Phoenix. The third person was Maria Reed, a Montessorian. She's the person who brought Montessori to Phoenix, Arizona, way back in the 60s. <laughs> hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Okay. So, Marty, you have also blessed us with many articles that have been in our national journal. And I'd really like to dive into one specific article with you from the 2017 journal. It's titled Inspiring Art Expression in the Atrium. And this was a great article. It's it's beautiful and essential and short, but I also feel that um, diving into art expression and as a prayer response, I just I don't feel like we can talk about it enough. And so I'm excited to dive into this subject with you. So thank you so much for this article. Thank you. Um, at the very beginning of the article, you state that Sophia defines prayer as response. So I thought, I feel like we need to start there. Prayer as response. What does that mean? And what does that look like for the child? We always have to put it in the context of the covenant uh, God always speaks, acts first, and that's what we experience in the atrium. We listen to the Word of God. We look at a moment from the liturgy, and that's the gift to us. And then the natural response is a response of some mm -hmm. sort. And uh, I think that really formed the way we even approach prayer in the atrium by, unlike many other people or programs, instead of beginning the session with prayer, we allow the child first to have experienced um, the Word of God or a moment from the liturgy. And uh, we can either end the session with a communal prayer or simply allow children as they see these things to respond in their own way. Hmm. Yeah, I think that when I did my formation, this idea of God initiates the covenant, God initiates the conversation, God initiates the relationship. Mm -hmm. The good shepherd first calls his sheep and then they follow and then we respond. 
This idea of the God initiates and then we respond, I hadn't ever really thought about it before until we highlighted it in our formation. And this idea that that is what prayer is supposed to be, is a response Mm -hmm. to first God speaking, like first um, taking a moment of silence, first um, experiencing God or whatever, and then we respond to him. And that that is a form of prayer. That's... I love that. I love mm-hmm. I love that whole idea. On the child's part or the adults on the part of the person, uh, it's listening. And to listen with children or alone, that's where we where we must begin. And so often the in, uh, inclination is to speak first mm. instead of sitting and listening or watching. Mm. That really highlights the importance that we put on ourselves so much within our relationship with God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that we we speak first, and and honestly, most of my spiritual life, that's how prayer has been for me. It's it's me speaking, it's me speaking first, it's me initiating, and I'm so grateful for this because it has taught me that to fir- to first receive what God is giving, and then respond to it, Mm -hmm. putting myself back into that humble place before Mm God. Right. So then what are all the different ways that we see the children respond? There's so many ways. I'll I'll save the best to last, according to Sophia. (laughs) Um, They can offer words, and depending on which age a child we're working with, they can go from one word or an elongated song, which is simply almost a stream of consciousness words coming out, and they they have the little voices going to ready for the older child. Actually, prayers of thanksgiving, they often, when we ask, how can we respond to any of this that we just heard? Um, that just opens the door to prayers of thanksgiving. The other way is listening to a text and then just asking, how can we continue to think about this? Now, this is a question we ask as you know, catechists all the time. How can we continue to think about these words or what we've just seen? Mm-hmm. And then I will usually follow. How can we ever put this on paper with colors? Mm-hmm. And that usually is the... <laughs> I don't use the word drawing anymore. I used to say, how can we draw about this? I've I've stopped using that word too. It's just, how can we put this on paper? Yeah, I like that phrase. I like that. And even to ask, what colors could one use? Just sort of an exploration out loud. And uh, as the children children of the second plane, that's levels two and three, I, I actually can, it almost can be a challenge, not... Not a direct one. It's offensive, but you know, how could we? How could we keep thinking about this? And so, maybe somebody will say something, and I say, "Oh, that would be wonderful." How else? <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. just. I don't. I don't. I hope they don't think I'm badgering them, but uh, I want them to get the idea that there are many ways to con- continue reflecting on what we've just you know said with one another, mm-hmm. and to always be so prepared for something unusual. It hasn't happened often at all. But with the older children, 
they are doing literature studies now, fourth, fifth, you know, fifth and sixth grade. And I had never thought of this, but somebody once said, she said, we could make a mobile or no, I could make a mobile. Apparently <laughs> in her literature study, they do a character study. And so on little cards, they will, you know, write uh, describing whatever the character is. And I truly was amazed. I thought, that's an amazing idea. Of course, it meant you got to go get yarn. You have to go, you have to bring some wire hangers. And it it just sort of opened the door to me of what can be possible. Mm -hmm. Song. There have been children who said, oh, let's, I can write a song. And it was sweet. It was just very sweet. I'm saving the best till last, according to Sophia. And that is silence. Hmm. The response of silence. And we sit there with them as long as they can. And that can be very hard at first, but um, just trust there's something going on inside these little hearts and minds. And I'm just going to allow them to continue doing that. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen a lot. But um, so to pray, to sing, uh, to put something on paper to make something. I, I've never had clay, uh, that type of a, a, you know, a tactile type of a opportunity for expression. It's usually been a visual, <laughs> a visual type of art. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we sing, that's an auditory expression. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think about how there, you know, we have different love languages and we have different learning styles you know like some people mm -hmm. learn kinesthetically some people learn auditorially whatever mm -hmm. and it's the same thing there are different response languages you could say and of course I think that it changes for a person at different stages in your life or even from day to day depending on what's going on in your life but it's sometimes you want to just sit silently and ponder something that you've received from God and sometimes you want to respond. You want to say something out loud. You want to say, wow, or, uh, you know, like that, just any type of verbal. I feel like it's just different languages that people mm -hmm. have in regards to the, the response to God that they're going to have. In level one, I feel like what I see most is silence. Is that what you see also? Yes. Yeah. I do. I guess usually it's that, but I, I hear I hear a lot of a few little phrases. With I'm thinking of this past year, the children in the level one. Um, what could we say to God for any of this? That's often what I say, and don't just say thank you. But there is yes, they do have a lot of silence now that I'm listening to myself and picturing the year. A lot of silence. Mm -hmm. There's one other uh, form. And that's with the older children in level two and three, the second plane. And that's a communal prayer. Mm. Uh, some A child will choose a text for us to listen to. And it's almost with the children in level two, they're six to nine years of age. They're just moving into communal prayer. And it's quite easy to go directly from what they've selected. We've ref we, um, have reflected together on it. And then to ask right then, how can we respond? Should we respond in silence? And you know, we have these other songs. And when they say, uh, oh, yeah, silence, it's very, very attractive to them. And that's mm. 
that's when we use the tone bar. It's the only time I use the tone bar in our atrium. We have a bell to signal, you know, for attention, like the end of the session, something like that. But um, so moving and make moving into silence and making silence is a popular, frequently requested response. Hmm. Just to sit again, it's just sitting and pondering. Yeah. And in the older child, I I've seen a lot of their response being and this is the response is really work if we're going to summarize it like the work of the hands Mm -hmm. but specifically I've seen them work in synthesizing and Mm -hmm. starting to make connections and that's how they're responding to what what kerygma that they received Um, they start processing on a much deeper level and you see that in level one too just it's more simple it's not synthesizing many different things all together they just sit and work with the good shepherd or uh-huh. the annunciation you know they sit and just work with one material they're fine with that essentiality of just the one and then at the older child they start to pull together connections and um, similarities and differences and chronologically putting things etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. It's, it's neat to see that the work of their hands being their response to God as well. Are you referring to their using the materials or yeah. actually in, yeah, in art expression? I or, see uh, any of it. Yeah. Yeah. In level one, I see a lot that a lot, a, a child will take down several infancy narratives and they just, mm. because it's all about baby Jesus, you know, why wouldn't you want to put them all together? And, um, or they just, they combine things. I'm trying to think of, we have the city of Jerusalem, and so they will walk over to the raised surface map of the land of Israel, and they'll bring stuff back and forth because there are two mm-hmm. kinds of maps. And I never know what's – I don't feel like interrupting. Why, why are you doing that? Why are you bringing that over here? <laughs> um, they, they have their own little thoughts going on, and you just have to wait. And you have to wait yeah, and wait. And maybe one of these times mm-hmm. they'll put something on paper – it's what they just did, or I will make a comment and say, oh, I simply say what they've done. Um, you brought the the marker for the city of Bethlehem over to the Annunciation, or, or rather into the, the Nativity diorama, or you brought right. the cross symbol for Jerusalem, and you put it on top of the, um, they'll often put it where the the tomb or the uh, we put the crucifix it shows where Mount Calvary is and sometimes they'll put it on there because it's another little cross and it's just they're doing their own matching and sometimes they, when I just make a statement of what they did not asking they'll make a comment oh yes because these are the same or they'll say Jesus mm-hmm. died here mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm making it sound like this is what they do frequently no this one child said that it happened once, bringing the cross from you know the city of Jerusalem marker on the race surface map, and he put it over on the spot of Mount Calvary. Mm-hmm. And you see it in their artwork as well. Like we see in level yeah. one, 
you'll see like the Paschal candle, which represents, you know, the light of Christ, the risen light of Christ. Mm -hmm. You see it with the good shepherd or with gestures or, you know, you, you see those symbols cross over with each other or the good shepherd mm -hmm. image inside of the, the crush of the nativity, you know, like, so they, mm -hmm. they do yes. even in level one, make those connections, which is their response. Again, that is their prayer. That's the way that they're responding back to that kerygma that they've seen. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's beautiful. Yeah. I remember a long time ago, one of our first years, well, maybe our second set of first years, a little boy drew the altar and above it, he drew a mountain. And of course, what do we say? You drew a mountain above the altar. That's all I can say. And then he said to me, yes, because a mountain is strong. And for some reason, I didn't photograph that drawing. But mm. why he put the mountain over the set altar table, that's all he said to me. Yes, because a mountain is strong. I think what you were just saying of how you, what you say to a child when they show you their artwork, if they choose to show you their art mm -hmm. response is is important to point out so you just say you just like i've read that it's almost like you're a a sportscaster you just say what is happening you don't add an opinion you don't say wow good job you just say i see the paschal candle and the good exactly. shepherd mm -hmm. you know you just state or i see yellow on right. your paper you just mm -hmm. are stating what you see like a right. sportscaster, you're just stating it. And if the child decides to, you know, gift you with a deeper thought, like opening you, opening up themselves to see so that you get to see what their thought process was, then lucky you. But they don't always do that, especially for the level one child, because mm -hmm. they don't have words to express always what is happening inside of them. That's why art is such a great response for them, because it helps them to express what is unspeakable for them at their age. Yes. I think I think I was, a lot of artists of all age can can relate to that. Truly, I was so fortunate. This happened uh, for me with a five-year-old child who had not done any fine motor by that. I mean, putting a pencil or a, a marker or a crayon. These, we had crayon blocks um, in his hand and it was at the end of the year, May, and he passed me putting his work away, and he had done a tracing of the Annunciation. So it's the image of Mary, and her face was all red. And mm. I saw him as he passed, and I thought to myself, no way, just no way. But after he put his work away, he came to me, because I think he knew this was his first work. Of drawing. He had never done anything like this. So he brought it to me, and all I could say was, oh, You made Mary's face red. And he said, Yes, because she was filled with the Holy Spirit even before mm. she met Jesus. And mm. he was, This was since December, you know, when we do the Annunciation. Mm -hmm. And this just was in him and in him. And he, um, it was just a great gift to me. And um, yeah, all I do is say what I see. This paper has so much yellow on it, or so it's. Um, yeah. I just say what I see and and wait and hope that they'll express something <laughs> verbally. 
I know it's we, we get those lucky moments when we actually get to to get a glimpse inside of yeah. them. And these, of course, are the littlest ones. When we right looking, when we're thinking now about the older children, the child of the second plane, they're they'll write the the text or a phrase of, or a psalm from a psalm card, a prayer card, and then they have to um, decorate it in some way. Um, they are drawn also to beautiful writing. Uh, we'll offer them, mm. um, well, don't expect them to last, but those felt-tip calligraphy pens. And then when they get to old enough, I will use those Schaefer, <laughs> those Schaefer calligraphy. They're like, you know, calligraphy pens, and you, you drop that little cartridge into the, the barrel. But um, mm. <laughs> to, And, of course, I don't know if you would call that art expression, but they do love putting these nice, these very lovely writing instruments in their hand and um, to write in a very beautiful way. And then they go and put color on it. They'll, they'll choose their markers and whatever and illustrate. But it's basically writing the word of God. And I don't know if I would call that art expression, but it's falling in love with the word of God. <laughs> Yeah, and it is a prayer response. Mm -hmm. yeah. So would you say that having quality art supplies, and and as they get older, a more variety of it, helps to inspire that art expression as prayer? I think it certainly can. We have to be careful uh, to not have such a wonderful array that they will go there first, or maybe only, and not get their hands on the primary material, you know, the, mm -hmm. the first thing and think about that. So um, I just want to make sure I don't overdo it, <laughs> which right. can happen. Right. Especially for those, I think, especially because today's children, I don't think that they have as much time or availability to art supplies, even just coloring pencils and blank papers. So then when they come in the atrium where we have that available to them, I think sometimes they hone in on that because they they don't have the ability to do any type of art expression in their everyday life. It's true. And it's true. And we want to we want them to know we're there for them. Um, we are there for them. And I try to say yes to everything. And could we do this? How about this? Yes. Oh, what an idea. That's a great idea. Mm. I might be surprised and think, whoa, let's see what they do with this. <laughs> I, I have to just make sure they know I'm for them. And yes, they can be very, very taken by some of the things we provide for art expression. Yeah. Uh, beautiful pencils, um, prismacolors, of course. They could wear them out really quickly because they're such soft leads, but they make a beautiful... Um, presentation on paper, you know, and right. uh, special markers. I have certain ones that are only used for writing the Word of God, different from pens colored pencils and stuff like that. But um, I remember if it was either Jana or maybe Sophia, or maybe one of our other great formation leaders who warned us not to have too great hog heaven of, of artistic you know art expression because mm. then it, it may detract from the other work copying the card material or you know the prayers and yeah yeah we want them to work with those primary materials first yeah, right copy the prayers yeah 
I'll quote St. Augustine. And I'll say, you know, we have a good friend in heaven. And St. Augustine, he, he would say, there's nothing in my mind that wasn't first in my hand. So mm-hmm. we want to put our hands to work. <laughs> yeah. To encourage them to, to write, which is response, of course, to write. Yeah. So do you have any other tips for us as both both in our home and more specifically in the atria, how to inspire the children both in the first plane and in the second plane to have our expression as a form of prayer? I think that the inspiration would never come from me or from anybody. It comes from the Word of God. It comes from listening. It comes from looking at something from the liturgy together. And perhaps the inspiration is only our asking this meditative question. And either we ask the question and let it float out there, and if there's no answer, we say, well, that's why we come to the atrium. We listen and then Mm -hmm. we reflect, and then we can put it on paper if we want. And Mm -hmm. so have good quality articles for writing, uh, lovely papers. You know, there's so many wonderful papers. The children love the papers that come out from Center for Children and Theology. They're just they're very simply decorated, and it just sort of inspires them to add more things themselves, and then they can add stuff to their own mm-hmm. papers if they want to, you know. Mm-hmm. So having nice, nice paper that they can copy on. Do you ever model art expression in the atrium? Yes, I do. Well, sometimes I'm actually making a material. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is with the oldest ones in level three because they're so they're so self-starting uh, and they, they have their own work that they're doing their own projects. So I've actually, I've never done what you would want to call an artistic you know, expression. What I'm usually doing is uh, a prayer card that's usually what I'm doing. I'm writing something, mm. but they see me writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should try it. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. an interesting <laughs> suggestion. I should try. I, it. I have done it in level one. Uh-huh. Um, I've tried. I haven't done it as much recently because I now choose to observe more whenever I'm not needed in the atrium. Mm-hmm. But um, occasionally, I'll pull out a small table, a chowkey, and and do my own form of art expression for whatever it was, the, the mm-hmm. kerygma that we were proclaiming that day. So, yeah. Oh, yes. I've done they that do in level love. one before. I can see that. Yeah, they would love seeing you doing it. Oh, well, I can do it too, they'll think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they already mm-hmm. are. <laughs> They're already doing their own work. <laughs> do you ever intervene with a child's art expression? Golly, I don't think I've ever done that. I'm trying. Oh, okay. Here we go. Yes. When our city's basketball team was in the playoffs uh this was in may and this is level two some little boys or one little boy there were probably several but for sure one little boy he's drawing you know and there goes the the ball's going through the air it's going towards the the basketball (laughs) and um uh so i just i walked by and i said oh i don't really remember us having that part in the gospel reading that we listen <laughs> And that's sarcasm. However, uh, there's certain types that can be used facetiously. So I would, I, I remember saying that, 
And I've also uh, heard an expression from a very revered formation leader and catechist, an elementary Montessori teacher. She would see what the children were doing and then say, are you, are you hard? Are you working hardly or are you hardly working? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever they were doing. And as as the children are older, they certainly know what you're talking about when they've taken their mind off of what it could be. But I'm not going to ever say stop doing that. And that would just be horrible. Um, Mm -hmm. their, Their minds will float and they'll do something else, but they always come back eventually and because next week is another week and we're going to have something else to reflect on. And I just always want to trust the child's ability to respond. Right. Right. It's, it's hard. Like you have to check yourself because I think that goes back to what Jana said in listening to God with children about, is it just our own pride? Cause the child is not doing what we want them to be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it takes like a checking of self. Is this really, really what I'm responding? This child isn't doing what I think they should be doing at this moment. They're not doing the art that I think that they should be producing. And so is exactly. that the reason why I'm wanting to intervene? So it kind of takes it almost like you have to stop and pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Do I need to intervene at this moment? Because even if a child is drawing something that we would consider secular or you know not what we talked about today, it might still be helping the child process. Like I think about like play therapy and how art is used as it for a child to, or actually all human beings of all ages to process emotions and events in life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to stop that. Granted, I think that also goes back to maybe that's something we can encourage families to have just blank pieces of paper and coloring pencils at home on a regular basis so that the child can express themselves in Mm -hmm. other places other than just the atrium. But yeah, I think it takes prayer and humility before we intervene Mm -hmm. with a child's work, whether it's art or, or anything. I do remember once saying, again, that little bit of sarcasm, I don't remember hearing about I forget what the child was drawing and what we'd listened today from scripture. And of course we laughed together and, you know, I just always needed to let that child know I am on his side or her side, you know, but then uh, I, I have said, how could you put on paper what we were listening to? Mm, and I'm gonna, I really like I, that question. And I'm not going to stand there and make that child think, and I'm not leaving this spot until you start drawing something differently. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, right. It just, it's always that, encouragement and they get back around Mm -hmm. yeah i've had children in level two (laughs) because they know they're supposed to draw something that has to do with what we've talked about so they draw crosses a lot you know or they you know turn papers into crosses you know it's about jesus right um and even that i've had to really step on my own toes about because just like how spooning in level one can be a form of contemplation this drawing a cross can also like it's it's a simple thing to draw. So maybe you are thinking while you are drawing, maybe not thinking about the cross. Maybe you're thinking about the mustard seed that we talked about that day or whatever. But you know, I don't know is the bottom line, Definitely. and so I have to really humble myself as the catechist to 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 not intervene, to trust the Holy Spirit, to pray, and again that go back to that humility of like. Mm-hmm. 
what I think the child should be doing, you know, lose that pride. So, Surely. Hmm. Is there anything else, Marty, that you want to lift up before we finish today? Oh, golly, there's always so many more things. I know. I know. Um, just ways to, I think, be alert to this child coming to know the children in your the sessions that you serve and being able to offer a different kind of work, just being attentive. And again, I can't be the one who inspires their art expression as a way of responding to anything. I simply can show them something, point out mm. something. And um, that's about the best I can do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what we are doing as the adult in the atrium with everything. You know, mm-hmm. we're just we're just presenting and stepping back. So, yeah. come Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> mm. Well, thank you, Marty. Thank you so much for this article that we will put on the website so people can read it directly oh. on the website. But um, thank you also for for talking to us today. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you for the invitation. God bless. Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. If you would like to read Marty's article from the 2017 journal, it's called Inspiring Art Expression. We have a link in our show notes so that you can read it online. Or if you have the 2017 journal, pull it out and check out that really great article that Marty wrote for us. CGS USA also sells art supplies for the atrium. So if you want to see what supplies that we have available to help you with the art in your atrium, there's a link for that in our show notes as well. We also have a book called The Heart of the Child Art Book, and it has beautiful pictures of what some children have drawn in the atrium with a short explanation of the the theological thoughts that the child was having while doing those artworks. I also put in our show notes some links for other episodes that we have had Marty as a guest in case you want to check those out as well. So every year CGS USA puts out a journal of beautiful articles and children's artwork for all of our members. And the journal committee invites reflections by children that you work with on the mysteries that they encounter in the atrium, whether these are voiced out loud or they wrote them down, or theological expressions through their artwork. We especially are looking for different synthesis work that you might see in their words or in their artwork. So if you have something that a child has gifted you, um, allowed you to see or, or vocally shared with you in the atrium or outside the atrium that you would like to share with our journal committee to be submitted to help us with the journal, check out our show notes because we have some guidelines to help with your submission. There's also a link to how you can submit online as well. Again, thank you for celebrating our 100th episode together with us. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. If you would like to know more about the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd or to become a member, please go to cgsusa.org. Thank you all for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Go and fall more deeply in love with God.